Welcome everybody to So What Now. We now have um, our, is it the 15th episode? 16th episode? 15th episode. Damn. It's hard to keep track of these vibes. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) We got a few topics to talk about today that I've been kind of streamlining. Streamlining, oh my God, I can't even speak. Um, We were supposed to release this episode with our uh, fellow, our fellow friend who's off on drill for three weeks. Shout out to Luis Gonzalez. We'll get him onto the podcast when he comes back. AKA we Flash just had, Savior. We just had some scheduling difficulties. AKA uh, whatnot. I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did I want to talk about? Um, I saw a cool little thing um, uh, on the future of technology. I saw a little article okay. um, about two days ago and um, how different and how adaptable um, us as humans have become to technology. Mm-hmm. And it's getting to a point where we're depending on it so much. Um, this article kind of defended the fact that um, technology is a really good thing Um, in terms of the medical field, um, whether or not it's making cars safer. um, But you have the other like left field where people are saying it's overriding our lives. Um, It's kind of like a constant battle. And I feel like, is going to be a big future to it in terms of how a person is going to react to technology. So for instance, our kids in the future are going to have a different reaction to technology than we did because it's going to be so far more advanced. Um, The problem with that is where do you draw the line for your kid to actually Um, have so much access to technology because that's eventually where education is heading to. Everything is becoming paperless. Everything is becoming more technological in terms of the basis. But like, you can't really tell like a first, second, third grader to use some damn technology. It's kind of, you kind of have to like build it up to that, to that instance. So this article also talked about how our kids are viewing technology too. Because we kind of saw the big boom of technology, too. Yeah. Growing up in the early 2000s. And I can only imagine our parents. Our parents are probably like, what the fuck is all this? So comparing it to the Walkmans and the beepers and the phone lines they used to have before. Yeah. the fucking tube TVs. But either way, there's a point in where that generation realizes that they have to change. Like, for remember... Our parents were living when they only had black and white TVs, like the big box Mm -hmm. black and white TVs. But then after time, they started bringing out color TV. Then after that, they brought out high definition. Then after that, they brought out 4K. And it's just like how society changes every few years. Technology is going to keep changing every few years, too. So I don't think it's ever going to reach like a cap or like a, a breaking point because we wouldn't be where we are at without advancement and without change because 
back then, the only way you would be able to talk to someone quickly would be like through a pager. So you'd like send a page and get get it, then whatever. Or you had like the boost phones. But now it just makes everything so much easier because you can FaceTime someone. You can just send out a quick text. Um, same thing with education. You know, a lot of schools today don't even have a lot of the books anymore because they have like tablets or, or uh, iPads and they can have all the textbooks right out of fingers reach. So I think I don't see that as a negative point um, because people are going to change. And then af- after a while, people are going to realize that, all right, we're not like how we used to be 20 years ago. So let's just move on. So it's kind of really a, a moving on part, which is sad because as people, we are like losing who we are. I know we are, I've always said that, like we're losing the human touch, but that's part of what's coming with our advancements in, te- in technology. You know, that's kind of like the downside of it. And yeah. future generations aren't going to know what that feels like. So it really at one at some point, it's not going to matter as much because they're never going to know what like a real human interaction was as sad as that sounds, but that's kind of where we're leading to. Yeah. Um, I think I had a class where the statistics said um, still only about like nine to 10% of the world only has internet or something like that. Yeah. Uh, So there's still a long way to go. A lot of parts of the, uh, the world don't even see this type of advancement in technology. So I think those types of cultures and society will keep the human touch intact for as long as we can. Yeah. I think like a lot of South American tribes, a lot of tribes in Africa, that they're always going to remain rural without technology. That's right. And hopefully it stays that way because we should try to maintain, like we shouldn't be pushing people who live in rural places to want to um, change, to change so rapidly too. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they've That's lived like cool that for so too. long. So, yeah, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Especially with travel, uh, more and more people are traveling these days, um, especially out of the United States, just to get a change in scenery. I think that's a cool thing because not only does that um, bring income to the other countries, um, you can kind of see kind of how we are as a world. And because all in all, we are a global village. Um, We are all one, you know, we're all the same Zach humans. Um, Not the same as Zach thought, but like we're all human. And at the end of the day, uh, we all should be helping each other out um, instead of negating each other. So and how do you feel? How do you feel about people who oppose the expansion of let's? I'll say the United States, but just like the expansion of of the human race. So like, um, how can I better explain it? Like reaching out to places that are um, like third world countries and trying to advance them. Do you think that's a good thing? And I'm, the reason I'm saying that is because when that happens, that place is losing their culture because they're being influenced by an outside source. So do you, right. even though their their life is improving, do you think that's something that should happen? Uh, 
What's the best way I could say this? Because um, it's hard. It's hard. Because in, in order because to I'm trying form, to yeah. I'm trying to think of it as vice versa. Yeah. Them coming to the United States and bringing their little spice of culture to the United States. Um, but what's that word um, when someone comes from an outside country and then they, they learn the society in this country? What's that word? I'm forgetting the word. Oh, my God. That shit's going to kill me. You know what I'm, culturally you know what I'm talking competent? about. Culturally competent? No, not culturally competent. Where they... <sighs> Come on. Why can't I remember <laughs> this word? Well, it's it's when you come into a country and you change your views as to the society that you're living in. Mm, mm, that's going to kill me as to what that word is. I'm going to have to text some people and be like, hey, do you know what this is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I phone a friend. But, nah, that, that shit's, a, that shit's a, um, a really good question. Uh, that was actually one of the more proposed questions in my global public health class. Because you see all these organizations like um, Bill and Melinda Gates. They donate probably the most money in the, around the world. Um, to help third world countries and whatnot. But it's kind of crazy because when you look at their aspects of improving their life, what they see as a day-to-day struggle is surviving. It's sorry, it's called cultural food. assimilation. There we go. There I mean, it is. Oh, I was shit. like, what the? Okay. Assimilation. There it is. Damn, I would have never gotten that. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah. So you see how... Um, individuals in third world countries are looking for survival. Like there, it's not like how we live day to day life. Like, how am I going to get to work? You know, I'm getting in my car. This isn't that they're just looking for something like, you know, to survive. Mm -hmm. But I guess it's, that's the only really great upside is helping someone survive and having their life, I guess, elongated. The duration of their life is a little bit better. Um, the quality of life is a little better because they're actually, you know, like I saw that video the other day um, of that baby seeing like clean water for the first time in Africa. Oh, you know, yeah. He was hyped, like he was all over the place, but that's a good thing. And, <clears throat> but then you have the downside of trying to. Not, I guess, like force or impose your own culture on these people and taking away what they already have. Um, it's a tough one. I would say it's a little bit of a downside and a little bit of a good side because with everything, there's bad and good. So you're either going to take the good with the bad or you're just going to really, really be like, I don't know, miserable with the bad, with a little bit of the good, but. There's just so much benefit to helping out third world countries. Mm-hmm. And even just, just even just talking about it right now, a lot of people would talk about it, but they don't live it. And there's two completely different aspects of that. Seeing it with your own eyes is completely different from talking about it. And when you see it with your own eyes, it kind of like, it shocks you in a way. And I think more and more individuals should be more adamant into you know, having a third world experience, even though you can't make the greatest contribution, you know, a lot of people say, well, 
my contribution is so small, what makes you think the rest of the world is going to follow suit? See, those are the same exact, you know, people who think their influence isn't going to do anything. I always tell everyone, don't underestimate how much you can influence another person, especially for the good. And I think that's the only level of, I guess, like, of thought I can put it into perspective is having another person being able to uh, see the experiences these other individuals are living day to day. And that's why we have these doctors who literally have a living and they just travel and help people. We have nurses that do the same exact thing. We have surgeons for like literally these places where they have nothing. Their hospitals are literally just a bed and no medical devices. Yeah. So, and those people just do it for the better of a fellow human, you know? That's right. And that that's important because, for example, even with one drip of water, that one drip has so many ripples. So even just that one person can cause so much change to so many other people. So... It's really important. Oh, yeah. And we need more people that want to do that. Yeah, I had a... Oh, man. I had a classmate who told me that her sister was going to be doing that for a living. She had just finished med school and finished her residency. And she told me, yeah, my sister is going off to... um, I think she said somewhere it's like north of the north of south africa i forget what countries are around there i think somalia or something mm-hmm. or left of it but yo when i heard that i was like oh shit like that's like the first time i've ever known of like someone indirectly doing that so i just found it really really cool and it was funny because i met her on graduation day and i was like yo keep doing your thing seriously because like you said, just helping out a fellow human could do so much. And, you know, you're just going to be more and more appreciated, especially for those who are in need. I don't know. People, I'm telling you, we should just all love one another, right? <laughs> Easier said than done. I know. My parents say it all the time, too. We should just be doing that more than hate. You know, yeah, but hate is easier. Yeah, that's what it comes to. And it's hate just so easier. Pain. Yeah, it's easier. Yeah, it's easy. It's easier to hate than be proactive, which is oh yeah, very weird to say. Yeah, hate is like being a wave, like lazy. Yeah. So. Uh on a more uh, lighter topic, <laughs> what I wanted to also talk about is um, we are about to approach August next week, huh. and music is not the same. I know other people might feel, you know, differently, but Vic and I are very deep into the hip hop community, um, and there seriously hasn't been anything. <laughs> for this summer 
I mean, my issue is I'm tired of listening to the same, like, five songs for, like, a month. Like, I just don't know what's going on. And what's crazy, because I think we just got so spoiled, you know, with how good music has been. Um, All throughout college, we probably lived through some of the best times in music in general. Through 2015 all the way up to 2019, well, ex- yeah. with the exception of 2019. <laughs> so you really you can count three of those years. Um, I mean, even when really we were sports. in middle school, we still had great music. Oh yeah, that's right. Like I still remember Black and Yellow, um, Cushion OJ, like, and it was consistent too. You know, uh, it wasn't like the weekly drops that we have these these days. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was periodically, you know, someone would release something in the winter, someone would release something in the spring, the summer, fall. Um, but now it's just we're expecting something new to drop, like, you know, every Friday. And I mean, they're dropping, but they're just not heat. Yeah, they've been pretty bad. The rate of music, that's another whole another topic we can get into as to how much music people are releasing. Mm-hmm. But is it really good? I mean, I always say quality over quantity, right? So I think just people like, just need to take their time with music, especially oversaturated. Yeah, oversaturated with artists and just like. And I don't know if it's their record labels pushing them to make music, if it's the competition with streaming. I have no idea. I don't know the ins and outs of the music game right now, but there's got to be some type of loophole that we don't know. Especially with, you know, consistent artists such as Future Drake, you know, the big mainstream ones. But every year we've been having someone new, which is pretty good. We've been having that new artist to break out with a new song. I mean, at this this rate, I feel like I'm going to listen to more SoundCloud rappers because I'm going to give these homies (laughs) a try. (laughs) Nah, bro, it's interesting. It's very interesting. I mean, it's nice, though, because at this time, not having a lot of music gives me the opportunity to listen to other genres. Yeah. So, you know, I guess that's really the only upside. You know, like, I've been listening to a lot more country, listen to a lot more reggaeton, a lot more Latin music, you know. Something about Latin music right there, man. That's Yeah, shit. the Latin music really be, I think, some heat. That shit is just like consistent bro like you have new artists coming out with the craziest songs and the craziest collabs i think that's the beautiful part of reggaeton you have all these dudes collaborating on one song and i think the thing is about like reggaeton and like land music in general is that like each song really kind of varies so like you can have a like a soft ass like a reggaeton song, like um, Otro Trago. You would call that reggaeton, right? Otro Trago? Yeah. So that's like a really sentimental, like, I'm missing my girl, like, whatever song. But then you can go to, like, um, like a Bad Bunny song that's talking about drinking and going to the beach and having sex. You feel me? Yeah. So it, it varies a lot in that one genre where, like, Latin music really isn't just all all right, let's drink and smoke weed and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. It, it has an R&B I, I didn't, flow. It has an R&B I didn't flow. realize that as much as before until... I mean, if you listen to a lot of, a lot of the lyrics, 
that's when you really realize that, like, oh shit, this is a solid song. Especially um, Bad Bunny. Um, oh yeah. Uh, that album with J Balvin, Oasis. They have a song mm-hmm. like Ancion, and it's like a slow tempo drum beat of reggaeton, and it's like it's like this melody. It's a slow melody. They're like, oh shit, this is this is a slow song, but it's reggaeton at the same exact time. Yeah, and I think it's it's becoming more of like a shift towards that, especially with you know pioneers like Bad Bunny and J Balvin who are so good, they're so talented. Like reggaeton is in a really really good place right now. Speaking of just kind of Bad Bunny, but more in Puerto Rico. Um, he finally renounced. I know. You know, Ricky. Ricky is no longer in office or whatever. What the governor? Yeah. Um, he basically got impeached by like the people. Like they convinced him to like step down. Like that's pretty crazy, if you ask me. Um, I mean, if the people are in uproar like that, you know, and I feel like to a more, like, extensive degree of that situation of protesting, that shit will never apply to the United States. No. Like, never. It's, there's too many loopholes, too much red tape. Because every state has different laws. That's the problem. Yeah. When every state has a different law, your the protest can mean something completely different from, like, North Carolina or South Carolina to, like, New York. And there's just so many ins and outs, like you said, too many loopholes that would be too hard to find, like, all these protests of, like, you know, police brutality, you know, civil rights. It takes a very, very long time for change to happen. Yo, change happened within two weeks of this guy stepping down. And I get it's a more lesser degree. It's a very, very small island. Not too many people on it. Like, I get it. But when we're talking about bigger issues, just like, you know, especially how our president is treating this country, something should be done about it. And, you know, we have these people who are talking about issues and the president is degrading these issues. Like, you know, he loves to, whatchamacallit, Trump loves to change the topic a lot (laughs) Mm -hmm. from what the person is actually saying. And it's kind of sad that we kind of can't do anything about it. Like, I remember when he got elected and everyone was like, he's going to get impeached. I was like, no, he's not. He's staying all four years. He's not. He might get elected again. So don't be surprised. And then all these people were coming up to me saying, don't be such an idiot. This guy is a moron. I'm like, I, I know this. Tell me something I don't know. And just people didn't believe me that that's just the way politics works. And DC I mean, works so slow, bro. Everything works so my slow. Only, my only issue with Donald Trump being the president again is I after he's done his eight years, I don't want to hear people saying that he was the best president. I don't want to hear that talk. I don't want to hear that. 
no, just don't say that, please. <laughs> like, not not even. And and I feel like that's gonna be something that a lot of people are gonna say. Oh, Trump was the best president, whatever, whatever. He did something to change. No, shut up. Not true. Like, hold your horses. So not true. So I agree too. I think he will be the. He will have another four years. As sad as that sounds. Yeah, man. There's no Democratic or Republican candidate that fits what the people need except Donald Trump <laughs> and his loud mouth. That's literally <laughs> it. Like, I'm I'm still so annoyed that this homie tweets more than me <laughs> and he's the president. Like, like literally, it, I don't even know. Like, his Twitter fingers be crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And what's the funny thing is just, like, I don't know. Like, he... I like every time I talk about him, I'm lost words because how are you that unprofessional about everything? Yep. And it isn't just about like him being like calling people names, you know, this, this, and that, but he's unprofessional in every way he possibly can be, which is crazy to me that that's the leader of the free, the free country. Like, what? I mean, the thing is, like, people are so easy to control. Yeah. That, like, people people feel now that, that, like, Trump has been our president, that, like, now they have the freedom to do anything they want. Yeah. Which a lot of people don't – this doesn't really fit the conversation, but a lot of people don't remember the time when Obama was president and all the racist things that he had to go through. Yeah. Like, with all the, the – the people who were burning the crosses, people who were um, putting up nooses um, with, like, a doll that was black, and all the just racist stuff in general, that has just gotten worse since Trump has been president because people feel that America's so white that they want everything white, which it's not. It's not even close to that. Yeah. I think this is the most diverse we've been in a very long time. And we're only getting more diverse. I honestly think, isn't statistically wise, in X amount of years, like, the Hispanic population is going to outgrow the white? That's right. Or, yeah, it's not, it's Hispanics, right? It's not black. Hispanics, yeah. Yeah, it's Hispanics. So it's like, it's like, what are you going to do? There's nothing that you're going to be able to do. Yeah. It's like, people are having more mixed relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, the South is going to say, I honestly don't think the South is going to say the South. Because if you look at the South, it's cheaper to live there, whatever, whatever. But the lifestyle that they live down there is not the greatest. No. Like, you see so many communities in the South that have no, that have no health insurance, that have no community health, that have nothing for them. So sometime they're going to realize that, okay, being from the South, I'm going to have to make some changes and try to be more progressive. Because if they keep on this track, they're not. They're going to stay how they've always been. Yeah. And you, you, you're really hitting on the point, man, saying about control, man. Um, once, I mean, this once, is, this is my, issue. once you have that dominant, like, I guess, societal figure, they don't want to lose it. You know what I mean? And, 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 they, and yeah. that's, it's all it really is about. It's like, you're, we're relating it back to like the times of like, the kings and queens of like, you know, 
back when there was like no government where kings and queens like literally ran everything and it's that whole like dominant figure like i'm better than you because i'm culturally and societally better than you and like that's not the case anymore like people still think they have that that leg up and it's it's changing a lot and people are starting to open their minds a little more and saying hey listen like you know kind of off topic but just like i don't know i was having a conversation with someone not too long ago and they told me racial quotas shouldn't be a thing anymore and i said wait what racial, what is that what is that? it's um when i think it, i forget when it was implemented but it's basically fairness to have equality in in a workplace um And what form of like hiring, not just all whites, having diversity in your company. But see, can I, can I go off that? That's really hard for me as a Hispanic dude to, to kind of, to kind of want, because, all right, let's, let's put an example. If you have a white dude and a black dude and the black dude is more experienced, I mean, sorry, the white dude is more experienced, right? And the black dude is less experienced. Yeah. So because of racial quota, that company would have to hire the black dude, correct? Yes. So do you think that's appropriate? Not really. Even not, though the not, white dude, even really though the white dude's more instance, experienced. But in terms of schooling. I'm just, all right, let's put in terms of if schooling. They were, if, it's they a were both the, if they were both the same, if they were both at the same level. Yeah. And the company had ten white people and no black people. Yeah. And you had two people interviewing a white and a black. Yeah. The black would have to get hired, right? I think that's how it works. I forget how exactly it works, but I know I was having this conversation with somebody and they were saying racial quotas shouldn't be a thing anymore. And I'm like, I see what you're saying, but um, you have to realize you're always going to be the dominant person. You get what I mean? Like white people are always going to be like, that that dominant figure so let's say you are serving a community where um it's becoming more diverse you know you have more asians you have more hispanics you have more blacks what if these people start speaking different languages to you there's a language barrier so i think that's why i think racial quotas are a thing still sometimes I don't think it's implemented as heavy as it was beforehand. Yeah. But um, you need you that know, diversity. Yeah, I, think, I mean, like. Yeah, I think it's a it's a situational. Yeah, thing. it's definitely a situational thing. That's what I was telling the person, um, and they were like, "No, no matter what situation it is, like there shouldn't be one." And I'm like, "All right, then, buddy. Like, if you're gonna be that hard headed about it, then all right, <laughs> I'm not gonna argue with you anymore." Yeah. Because it gets tough. Like, what if, what if that? I mean, um, what if to 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 agree with what you were saying? It makes sense because statistically, there's more white people that graduate. Mm-hmm. There's less black and Hispanics right. that graduate. So, like that that range is off. Mm-hmm. So there's always going to be more white people that are more educated at the moment. Yeah. So they would have, per se, a better chance of getting that interview or getting hired. That's right. Mm-hmm. 
Because I couldn't even tell you how many times, like, I don't know, like, it's so, like, I guess, tough. Because, like, once you check that Hispanic thing off, everyone's like, oh, you have the greater chances than us now. Because, you know, if you have that high-ass GPA, no one else in your community is going to have that high-ass GPA. I'm like, dude, you do realize that's changing. Like, more Hispanics are going to college. More blacks are going to college. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm an example of that because, for example, in nursing, the majority of nurses are female, right? Mm-hmm. So, most hospitals try to hire more males. Mm-hmm. So I kind of because of that situation that hospitals want more male nurses. Yeah. I would most likely get hired than than a female nurse, mm-hmm. which is appropriate because they need you know they need more. Um, what was that word that you said? More diversity, mm-hmm. I guess. More gender diversity. Mm-hmm. So it works. That That's the easier example of putting it as just like, look at the nursing population and how they need more male nurses. Well, even like teachers or professors, they're generally all yeah. females. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's a wicked interesting topic to, to speak upon about um, racial quotas. Um. Yeah, I I've been looking into that up late and that shit is kind of crazy. I mean, are there like laws? Like is that a per state law or like I think federal it's, law? I think it's a per state law. I don't think it's a federal law. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Just like most things though in this country, that's why everything just gets all fiddly. Yeah. Which is But I think you actually see that in med school too, right? Yeah, I think you see it more than ed- in education now than anything else, as opposed to like a workplace. Yeah, like you remember, was it what school? I don't know if it was Harvard, but I know it was a school in this area that that they do that. Yeah, that they have like a set percent of white people, a set percent of Asian, a set percent of blacks and Hispanics. I and think whatever. that's uh, UMass that Med. UMass I Med? think it might be UMass. I Med. think wasn't there like a Harvard thing? Uh, thing too? Yeah, I think or the Harvard one you're think thinking about is um, if you get like a certain GPA and your mom and dad x make x amount of money, like they don't make a lot, they pay for your entire like med school or something like that. Yeah, I know the Harvard like this is going off from where we're going, but the Harvard like acceptance like. The admissions process is so weird. Bro, like, you get, I was you get talking scored about that the other day. Like for being Asian, and then you get scored yeah. for like, like it's weird. Yeah. Well, you do realize what I also was looking up the other day. Not just that, their admissions process. They also have like a 4% acceptance rate. That's kind of ridiculous. 4%? I wonder how many people, how many people apply, apply. Yeah. You know what their endowment is, bro? Oh, it's huge. $38 billion. You said $38 billion? <laughs> yeah, bro. As to how much money people give back to that school, man, is ridiculous. Wow. wow. Bro, and second place doesn't even come close to that. I think it's like Yale at like $21 billion. I mean, look at BC. If you get into BC, 
they'll pay for your school for sure. Like, if you can't, yeah, you're going to BC bro. for sure. Like, like, that's the same thing with all those big schools, bro. Like, Yale, Harvard, Brown, um, Major League, like, you know, Ivy League schools or NESCAC schools, generally, they'll, they'll definitely pay for you to get your education, man, because they're – there's so much money these schools. Yo, listen to this, bro. Families with incomes up to 150,000, they only have to pay how much? They have to pay 10% to go to Harvard. Hmm. How much is that? Um 10% of 100 like, like 15 like 15,000? Yeah. Sheesh, because they have one point billion in grant aid. What? And look, applicants rose eight point two percent from last year, so there was forty two thousand students that applied. Wow. And he may, I think, and you talking about four percent? So they only take like four hundred people. <laughs> I mean, I think they have more post grad students than they have undergrad students. Yeah, because it's easier to get into grad school. Yeah, for sure, it is. I agree with you on that. Oh one. no, their total enrollment twenty two thousand. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's yeah, like two thousand a class. Wow. So that means they have a crap ton of of grad students. Sheesh. Yeah, Harvard Medical, bro. That's pretty insane. Um, here are the top five lists, I think. It's Harvard at $38 billion, University of Texas, $30.9 billion. Makes sense because Texas is so dumb as Yeah, big, Yale but... University, 29.4. Stanford, 26.5. Princeton, $25 billion. <laughs> oh my God. Dude, ridiculous. I don't know. I was talking about myself the other day, and I wish I was like that committed or like that smart to be like going to med school, you know? That shit is cool, man. Yeah, no, it is really cool because it's like these dudes are going to freaking school for that long, but it's like, how do you do that? Yeah. And now, how does that work? When you finish your residency, do you basically have, like, a master's, but you're a doctor? You don't have, like, your PhD. You're considered, like, a doctor, right? No, you have your, yeah. Because by that time, you've already... Because you don't get a master's. You just get your doctor. Your doctor, yeah. But technically, you haven't done any, like, research yet. So, in order to get your PhD, I think you have to do, like, one or two more years of school after residency in order to well, get they your don't, PhD. Well, they don't need to get their PhD. That's true. But unless you want to go... get their on, MD. Unless you want to go yeah. into research, though. Yeah, yeah. And, like, become, like, a dean of, like, medicine or, like, the president of, like, your medical school, you know? Mm-hmm. Dude, that's some serious cash right there. It is. I mean, <laughs> you're you're in serious debt, but yeah, by that time by you're that making time, good money. You're, if you become a fucking president or something, bro, you're easily a billionaire, yes. or at least close to it. 
Crazy. Not billionaire. I'm sorry, millionaire. But <laughs> dude, hey, you could be if you work that much. Dog, is that what is that like? Ten, eleven years of schooling though. Close to it. Uh, ten to twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Four, eight. Yeah, it's like ten. I mean, if you look at it, you're like thirty-two years old, and no, thirty. Yeah, thirty-two. Yeah. Yeah, probably like twenty eight by the time you're done. Yeah. So Dude, that's guap. But then you gotta get experience. Yeah. And then at the same time, like everywhere's being flooded with uh doctors. Like even the med schools that are now aren't having enough students in order to have like United States trained doctors. Like a lot of the doctors come from out of the country and then they come here because the hospitals or whatever will pay for their student debt from outside. So that's what's that happens a lot here too. Yeah. That they get doctors out of out of country. That's interesting, man, because me, you know, going back to school for my fifth year post grad and I'm just thinking about it, just like the amount of like I wonder I just I'm just wondering how it's gonna be. You know, everyone's telling me like it's less exams, you know, a lot more group work, a lot more papers, um, you're doing a lot of research. Um especially preparing for your capstone and thesis. Um I asked a person who went through the program I'm about to go through, she wrote seventy five pages. And I'm like, What? <laughs> Um, you know, it's a big leap, but, um, it seems like a, not like the funniest time, but like, it's an interesting time in your life and it's to like how much research you're actually doing, especially in your field of work. I think that's the most intriguing part because you're doing research and shit you're interested in as opposed to like, I'm writing a paper on fucking Dante's Inferno. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. I think I just it'll just flow for me because it's actually stuff I actually like like to talk about. Yeah, it's a lot, but it's easier at the same time. Yeah. Especially getting into, you know, getting my foot in the door of healthcare administration. You know, eventually yeah. getting into that hierarchy of a hospital position. Mm-hmm. For sure. Look at that. Fucking Vega and Vic coming at you live with a lot of schooling <laughs> and education. Hey, fucking, I was talking about that with Jordan the other day. And he said education has got to be the second most, like, income-based next to healthcare. That's got to be, like, number two. Mm-hmm. Education. That shit brings in so much money to the country. It does. But so much debt. At the same <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. So it's like at the same time, it's like really not making money because, like, I wonder how many people don't pay their student loans. Yeah. Was that called defaulting or defaulting their loans? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that the default. Yeah. Yeah. They take that credit score hit. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! That's another thing. The last thing I wanted to talk about. How expensive schooling is going to be when we have kids, man. 
I mean, not necessarily because hopefully by then they can do something where kids can like go to school cheaper or for free. Maybe not necessarily for free, but cheaper. Like I know Rhode Island has free community college and things like that. Like that'd be really good. Yeah, they gotta do or that. Other ways, here, man. yeah, they have to. This is so expensive. Like housing, food, this is so much. Yeah. I don't know. I hope some type of change comes in, you know. We don't want we do we need a new board of education. Betsy DeVos is not the greatest in the world. <laughs> oh no, not not even close to the greatest. <laughs> the worst. Yeah. Kind of everyone who uh follow suit with Trump is just has been kind of terrible. I just thought at least someone would be have a brain, you know? I know. But not one. Even the dude he brought in with the Supreme Court of Justice. That that judge is awful too, I hear. Oh, man. I don't know. Some some type of change has to come into the educational system. How are we going to change the world um, in terms of third world countries? Um and let's get this music started. Come on, we got all of Come August. On. Come on. Please. <laughs> Somebody. Anybody listening to this, if you sound like a rapper, just send me that <laughs> at Vila Post. I need new music. Yeah, man. <laughs> all right. All right. Episode 15 is complete. All right. Thank you, Tony. With Annie. no guests. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we're probably going to start doing this a little more often. It's kind of hard yeah, with scheduling purposes. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm starting to work. <laughs> and I'm always sleepy. With people, yeah, no, we're just trying to get, we're trying to fiddle. It's going to get really hard, especially when I start school. So oh, this is going to be, gonna be really this is going to be the vibe <laughs> for, you know, quite some time until, um, you know, we figure out a good piece of scheduling pieces. Um, yeah. So, and if anyone does have any ideas, oh, sorry. Chris, oh, no, if anyone does have any ideas, please hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. Or just text us, and if you got any topics, or if you want to be on our podcast, just let us know. Yeah, like what Vic said, we appreciate you uh, listening. Um, I know it's kind of been sporadically as to when we actually release an episode, but just hang on there. It's going to be towards the end of the week, particularly Thursday, Friday, or even like today, Saturday. Um, But typically the end of the week, you'll be having an episode to listen to. Once again, we appreciate you all. Uh, Vic, I'll see you on the flip. Yes, sir, Key. Peace out, guys.